0: Nobody thinks about like two old people. That's gross. <laughs> what? what? What is going on here? We're, we're definitely this is this. this is different. What are we? Now doing? we're just choosing the lesser of two evils. Oh wait, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> now you definitely have to edit out. You are now listening to Not Safe for Church, a Pewology podcast original series. Are we airing this? Okay, everybody, we're back again. This is our show, Pewology. And this is the first, let me think about this. No, this is the second time that we're just going to do a little one-on-one, little uh, testimonial interview of sorts. Um, okay, so how long have we known each other?
1: I've been coming here four years, but I think you've we've only, like, known each other for three.
0: Okay, this is our good buddy, Jess Finn. And so I think about a year ago... We had you give like a, t- like a testimonial interview in the service, yeah. but that was back when we weren't really taping anything. So, we wanted to kind of have you back in and tell a little bit of your story because you have you have like a pretty wild story yeah. when it comes to like um, the recovery movement and all that goes along with that. So, um, how long have
1: you been sober? Four years.
0: Four long February years. February 5th. I got gotcha. you. And you're like, <clears throat> you're not just like sober, sober. You're like... You're like a poster child. You're like a a walking advertisement for sobriety and you work in uh, the arena that touches sobriety and all these kind of things. So Mm -hmm. you've done like a a big, like you are like a a walking bumper sticker, a t-shirt for the 180 for the big turnaround.
1: Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I affected everybody when I was using. So I try to affect everybody with my recovery now Okay, to try to help as many people.
0: Yeah. Let's That's go back. Um, I noticed too, because like, I, like I noticed th- there's like these worlds of people in Osceola County, right? Where when somebody sends me like a Facebook friend request, I'm like, it'll be like you're friends with you're already friends with two of their friends. And it'll always be like you. And I'm like, Oh, okay, <laughs> wait a minute. Jessica's already connected to thousands of people. Um, let's go back. Uh, so, how long were how long were you in a lifestyle of using
1: 20 plus years
0: dag gum Mm -hmm. okay and then this has always spooked me about your testimony a little bit and then you're just like and then I just put it down like your your recovery was pretty um dramatic
1: Mm -hmm. yeah well it was just that I had gotten to a place of where I couldn't go on anymore. Like I would rather be dead than the way that I was going. Because I kept, before I was like, well, maybe it'll get better or maybe it'll be different this time. Like I kept trying to live that way thinking.
0: You could manage it. Yeah. Don't you think that's like everybody though? that Mm -hmm. gets into like a a pattern of using that they're always thinking they can manage it, whether it's Mm -hmm. drinking or anything. It's just like, I got this. I can manage it. I can make it all work. I can juggle it. I can Mm -hmm. do it
1: and also thinking like that it would be cuz in the beginning when i first started i really liked it like i really liked the relief it gave me and the it made me feel like like yeah. okay like i'm okay and yeah. and and it worked really well for me so i was like i wanted to get to that place again yeah. like i was always trying to get to a place of comfortability and i always would almost get there but then it would go way over and i'd wind up with way more consequence than mm. than it was worth what's the
0: did you do the because you know i'm talking like a guy that doesn't have a lot of drug experience because <laughs> but you know you hear that people start off in this gateway kind of deal and then they kind of move progressively harder and harder was that your story
1: yeah yeah i mean I started. what, what
0: started it for you
1: uh i actually well i started with um we- like weed and yeah. and like acid and then ecstasy. <laughs>
0: just <weed> some acid <laughs> just, just there's some acid under the weed and- but then the that was
1: like teenager stuff and then um uh,
0: which is wild to me that yeah. you're like that's just like teenager <laughs> stuff no big deal like yeah. if you had a ki- like i have teenagers now and like i'm just like yeah acid doesn't seem like teenager stuff to me it seems right. like crazy mm-hmm. but
1: i was living i was in a place of like, I grew up. My my real dad was a um, addict, and I spent weekends with him. Um, and he was weird, like different, you know. And he would show me different things. Like, so he would he would use with you? Not with me. He didn't use with me, but he was using around me. Uh, and he okay. was like, he would tell me, teach me about how to lie and like how to steal, like just like weird. So I had a, um, I had a a. This model exposure to stuff that was when I was really young. Okay. And then, um and what's then really I, young? What's really young? Like five, six, wow. eight, Seven. When okay. I was a kid, okay. he ended up dying from from an overdose. But
0: no way. Mm-hmm. How long ago?
1: When I was twenty three. So that's. So ago. his
0: his drug use got progressively harder too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. yeah. Did that shock you at all? I, told, I mean, when he, when you, were, you're 23. He dies of an overdose. Did it didn't shock he, me. Didn't, no, it, you weren't like you were just like what? He was a bad manager.
1: Yeah, I knew. Like I actually, I had distanced myself from him because mm-hmm. I had a feeling like like he was gonna like I'd lose him, and I didn't want to have a connection. But did you to put him. yourself
0: in the same category at that time? Did you say, well, he's a user, I'm a user? Or, no,
1: at that time I wasn't. Like uh, at that time, I so I stopped. I messed around when I was a kid, and then I. I was good for a while. Okay. I got a job as a flight attendant nice. and then it was drinking, like drinking like on the over on the overnights and like I just would always like drink the most, like, <laughs> you know, party to where they're like, Do you even know what you did last night? And I was like, No, I don't wanna know. And um <laughs> why? Why? What was the I'd black out. Yeah, but
0: know? was it just were you was it like an escapism? Was it like a
1: It was like I had a I have a compulsion. I have a, a disease of addiction where I just once I put it in my body I want more. Yeah. And I can't stop. Okay. And um so that's that's what it is. And yeah. it went on like that to where it was progressively worse the the drugs got worse the consequences mm. got worse the things i said i would never do i winded up doing mm. and and i lost like who i was like i didn't even i was so just how
0: did you lose the job
1: um well i they want to do a random drug test because i was like i did some stuff like i i was I, I think you could tell that i was messed up you okay. know and they want to do a random drug test and i know that in the airline industry you'll you'll if you fail you can never work for them for the travel industry again so i resigned
0: before the random drug test yeah so they came to me and said hey we're going to do a random drug test yeah like, i resigned mm-hmm. that's literally how that <laughs> it's like i'm out oh man and so they kind of knew but they couldn't prove it so then you could if you wanted to you could go back that was mm-hmm. the thing yeah hey yeah. if i want to get hired on with somebody else mm-hmm. and i can okay i can right. go back and
1: but br- br- right prior, I was on a plane that had caught on fire in the air. What? Yeah, and we had to do an emergency evacuation. But I got a Citizen of Bravery Award from the Atlanta Fire Department, so that was... While it was on fire? Like, the plane was yeah, we on had to, fire. It, well, the smoke started coming out of the, the plane, and... Yeah we were landing people were screaming and then like and i had like a really bad hangover i'd been up like it was like this and i'm like oh, my, yeah so they it landed and then um i was like i remember i wanted to just get off and run but i was like oh no it's my job i have to stay here and help these people <laughs> so then we, i stayed and we got them off and then this was right before this though my that's when my dad died and then my best friend also died like Drug yeah both of them oh within within 2 2 weeks prior to, of each other, and that incident. So you're using heavily at this point. At this point, I'm not. This you're point, drinking. I'm drinking. So, but when that happened, I was like, I went, I, I went down, I went down far. So, like I was like, I'm, I kind of felt like, why am I still alive? Like why, uh, why did they die? Why am I still alive? Like I felt like this feeling. What
0: of, do you think the job was keeping you from being more reckless? That yeah. once, once you were out of the job, you, could, yeah, you could be more reckless. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So then, what happens? When's the first time you start trying something hard? So then
1: I got a, a boyfriend, and he was sold drugs, and he had pills. And... He was a drug dealer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was.
0: He was. a drug. You You were dating a drug dealer. Is what you're saying? Yeah. Okay.
1: And uh, and he gave me some pills, and they were and they made me feel better. And I just was like, I I wanted. What were they? Uh, Roxy's uh, Ro- Roxy Oxycontin. Okay. Painkillers.
0: Painkillers. And so, and did that start something? Did that like that was the moment you look back to like, hey, that's where the hard stuff mm-hmm. really set in.
1: Yeah, and then I became just seeking that all the time, and then and then the I started getting arrested, mm. and
0: For, because of all the things that come along with seeking out this pain, mm-hmm. and that's like so common today. Like we went through a whole stretch there, but that's like a pretty common story that i hear a lot like usually it, it starts off with like hey i had the surgery or hey i had this mm-hmm. car accident or whatever and i got on these and then it's like one thing led to another and next thing you know i'm in mclaren circle looking for to buy well, these on the street Mc- well whatever <laughs> i'm just telling you this is the story that i heard but you know what i'm saying it's like i'm just out looking to buy these off the yeah
1: street. yeah yeah and um how bad did it get it got really really bad um to where I couldn't, um, I just lost, uh, I lost, like, my family didn't want anything to do with me. You know, I had gotten, like, five DUIs. Um oh. I lost, I couldn't drive, I didn't have a driver's license for 10 years. I don't even know how I'd manage I managed that. I got my driver's license, like, two years ago, and I had to have the, um, or three years ago, and I had to have the, um, the thing you blow in to start okay. it for two years. Okay. But, um... That was, I cried when they gave me my driver's license. Like, it was like such a joy. Yeah. Like, oh, man. Yeah, but um, just like the inside, though, on the inside was the worst part. Like, cause like I lost everything more than once, like lost vehicles, lost jobs, lost apartments, all my things. But it was like on the inside where I felt like this complete and total, like, I would rather be dead. Like, this is, this sucks. Like, so th- this is like a an impression jo- that set in. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But then because I went from doing, um, the, I went from painkillers to heroin mm. and then I got on crystal meth to get off of heroin and that, and that drug makes you, um, it's, it's crazy what it does to your mind. But I, I'm actually surprised that I'm Punk. sane because really? it was like, I, I, I lost my mind, you know? Oh. And I, um, would be up for days and it, it causes you to like, when you don't have it become really depressed. And mm. I just, I wasn't like myself. I was just like someone else. <clears throat> wow. It was, and my, and my family was like, we don't get out of here. We don't want nothing to do with you. Stay away from here. Ay, ay, ay. But that's what I needed that at the end. That was at the end. Cause when they,
0: they cut you off. That was the beginning of the end. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause
1: they my, they'd always been there to pick up the pieces or, you know, um, you know, help me in some way. Yes. So so this, when they told me like, no, we're done. I was like, wait, what, you know? And then it kind of made it easier for me to hit my, my bottom Bottom. to want to get help. Mm. So that's why I always recommend to people who are dealing with someone who's, who's an addict, not not give them money, not help them get out of whatever situation, like just let them get to a place to where they need to, you know, find God and, and, and it gets bad enough to where they have a little bit of willingness to try.
0: So, does your does your uh, spiritual awakening in your faith in Christ coincide? Um, does the timing coincide with the sobriety, or or did that precede it? Did that cause it? Did that lead to it? What was the deal?
1: It was instant, like whenever, because I didn't want anything to do with God. Or I didn't believe or I just was like, I don't want I don't believe. I don't want nothing to do with that. I didn't want to think about God or anybody or or anybody. So all that the- time
0: you were using. No, yeah. There was no. never like there there were times when it was like it was introduced to you, but you were like, Mm-mm, shut it down. Yeah. Not doing this, not doing Because I
1: had prayer. a remember I told you when I was younger I had a bad incident with some some people with religion. Oh, okay. So I just didn't want to do with it
0: okay so you had written it off mm-hmm. and then what happens like
1: and then i got to that place of of utter despair and then i cried out god help me do
0: you do this and like was this in like your bedroom was yeah like, you were like alone? I, I
1: like remember exactly i was it was walking to into my bedroom and i remember just looking up and saying i need help god i need you and then that then the house raided. And
0: wait a minute, what, what, what? My
1: house got raided. <laughs> like then? Well, right ra- the very next day. Okay. And it was like, and, but not, it wasn't, so at that point, I wasn't just like, okay, it's God. But then whenever I went to court, the, I had 11, I had 11 charges.
0: So you get, so yeah, you have this moment where you're like, okay, I'm at my lowest of low. I cry out to God. I never wanted anything to do with God. The house, your house you're living in gets raided the next day. And you get arrested. Right. Okay.
1: Okay. Yep. And then I I when I'm when I'm at court the my public defender she's like so they have an offer you're not going to like it and I'm like oh my gosh what is it and then she's like you're going to have to change your entire life like everything you're, and and she, and I'm like really what is it and she's like drug court and I was like drug court and then, and because that shouldn't even been an option for me like I should have be going to prison right and and um she's like yeah you're going to have to change your whole life and I just started crying cuz I was just like I just knew, like I'm like, this is God, like because there's no way, like I, I shouldn't even have this this opportunity to do this. Wow! So I just, just I just knew that the, that it was, it was God, and 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 ever since then, I just, well, no, in the beginning, I couldn't get, I still couldn't get it, like I still was trying to hang out with the same people and do the same things, and then I ended up getting put into the treatment center, Park Place. Right. from from a, um from drug court as a sanction, and then from there I got sober on february fifth and um and then I just have to seek God every day you know and this with what's going on in the world right now i I actually really like like it what do you mean like being able to spend this extra time with God and like by i i get to go to meetings all day they have meetings like yeah. online I'm uh able to help people talk call people like it just have it feels like there's more time to to help others and and it's weird because in the past, when something like this would happen, if there was like a hurricane or something, yeah. I'd be like, okay, I need all the drugs. I need all the, I'll, like, this is, you know, that's what I would be trying to do. And I need
0: to stockpile, <laughs> I need stockpile my drug <laughs> oh, pantry. Yeah, but oh, it's wow. not like
1: that today. Today it's like I need to go to all the Bible studies. I need to go to all the yeah. meetings. I, it's like so weird. It's like I'm a completely different person. I'm not the same person that I was. That's insane. It's like I'm new. No.
0: When... When you had this moment, you cry out to God, and then the next day the raid, and then the next day you sense God's hands in the midst of this whole situation, what's the next early steps for you? Like, how did you get, how did you, like, how did this faith form for you? Did you have help? Did somebody disciple you? Were you getting encouraged along the way? What's the deal?
1: Well, I went to, I started going to recovery 12-step meetings and in there, they have the process of working the 12 steps, okay. and the 12 steps um, allowed me to get work through all of the things that were blocking me from God, like all of the resentments and fears and guilt and shame. Because a lot of it was guilt and shame. Like it started where, whenever I did something that I was felt shameful or guilty about. I was like, ooh, I don't want to look at that. So let me just get more messed up so I don't have to look at what I've done. It was like, and so to be able to work through all of that, like tell the the woman that I asked to sponsor me, tell her to all of the things I'd done, like every little deep, dark secret I ever had, like the things you don't want to tell anybody. I told all of my life to her and I was like, oh. <laughs> like, wasn't it She's like? Oh, that's not that bad. I did that too, you know. So it didn't feel like I yeah. it was I was a horrible person. And then to make amends to the people that I harmed, which is that is such a beautiful experience because right. it's like God is in those moments where repairing relationships with people that that either that harmed me, some of them that harmed me, but I have to make an amends to them because it's about whatever my part is. Wow. And um,
0: you got an example.
1: Yeah. Well, um, one with like, um, somebody who was abusive to me. So then I, I was like, well, wait a minute. I don't, I, I, I didn't have a part in that. I was, he, you know, I was, he was abusive to me. And then they're like, well, no, it's, it's how you reacted to it. So how I reacted to it was I acted out, you know, I was, I was bad. So, um, I was rebellious. So I, you know, went to him and said, you know, what, that I was sorry for the way that I acted and he said growing up and he's like well you know when I was a kid you know and told me about what happened to him that he was abused and that and then he's like I love you like it was just like this this thing of like seeing that other person is broken and and that something ha- bad happened to them and that's why they harmed me wow. and that and that was like it just made it all okay like it made it like like I could feel like it wasn't just about me because it was always everything was just about me. But I could see where he was heart hurt too, and and it, and it was it just took away all that pain wow. that I had gone through from that and how I used it as an excuse for the way that I was.
0: I, I get this feeling all the time that you know from a in a, if you were in a, a counseling arena or a, a psychological arena, we would call that depersonalizing. And I get the feeling that when we're encouraging steps like that you know, whether it's in church or it's in bible study or it's in it's in the it's in pastoral therapy or any of these kind of things where you know that the idea of working through bitterness offering forgiveness uh, having the confrontation i think a lot of people who hear what you just said they can they understand the ideas it's not like it's like like they can't understand the concepts I just think it takes great courage to do it the first time. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people don't do it. Yeah. I'd pray.
1: Sense? I had to pray yeah. to, to be able to to do it. Yeah. And and not have any expectations of what it was gonna look like.
0: I mean it's gotta be nerve wracking to go mm-hmm. into one of those meetings the first time and go, look, I'm gonna throw myself out here and I could get kicked in the teeth and you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Emotionally. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll see how it goes. And a lot of people just the the thought of that Going negatively is just too much to bear, and they won't ever step out and deal with their own bitterness. And they just that bitterness it eats away at them.
1: Mm-hmm. But it's life changing to do it, and and it's not even about what. It's more. It's not about what happens from it. It's like cleaning my side of the street so that my side of the street is clean, and I don't have to. You know, I can walk anywhere and not have to worry about someone I'm going to run into and like what I did to somebody if mm-hmm. I make sure that I complete these amends, which I still have amends. To do, right, you know, so like monetary ones, and <laughs> <laughs> now, how do you handle all that? Um, that it's part of, you know, I'm slowly paying back, you know, the the things that I've really, yeah, yeah, Mm-hmm. It's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but man. that's another place where where I feel like God will provide as long as I'm doing the next right thing and I'm trying to pay things back. He'll make a way, you know, in in another monetarily, like something will come, I'll get some money somewhere else because I'm doing the right thing and paying back what and I owe. that's own. an
0: amazing step too. Like, cause it's not just, then it's not just some like check it off the list, like um, 12 step exercise. I mean, just mm. take the next step and be like, okay, I'm going to actually put my money where my mouth is here mm-hmm. and, and work through making amends with you whatever that means at whatever level, you know? Yeah. That's a
1: powerful thing. Yeah. Huh. It's good.
0: And kudos to you for pulling that <laughs> off. I just think most people are just like, it's much easier to ignore those things.
1: I don't have the luxury of, of having a resentment against someone and not making an amends to them for whatever my part is because it'll cause me. it'll cause me to go back out. Really? Like those little things like, would could cause me to go back out. So I have to, to be diligent and, or it'll cause me to be the most un the kind of person you don't want to be around. Right. Like what do they call them? Dry drunks yeah. or, you know, people who are just holding on by the, they don't, they <laughs> want to the r- drink or use, but they don't like, but they're, and they're not having any kind of like spiritual life to where they're trying to change and be better. Yeah. I would, I would not want to be like that. Like I, 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 I I would rather drink or use than to feel like that.
0: Yeah. So, re- so let's, let's backtrack on that. Cause you said some, you said a lot there. That was a mouthful. So you would say real, like real spiritual, real emotional, real legitimate change. You don't have the luxury to just ignore the things in front of you. You got to mm-hmm. face them. You got to deal with them. Mm-hmm. You got to confront them. You got to step out and, pay the money you got to step out and have the conversation say the words be ready for the encounter you got to do it
1: yeah like i have to do a nightly review every every night of you know was i honest did i harm anybody what could i have done better um because then the stuff that i've done in the day will carry on to the next day and that you know it's just like it it causes this
0: cycle
1: that would be worse for someone like me to hold on to right so which is good because it keeps me in constant contact with god because i have to share with him whatever it is like whatever resentments or anger or fears i have and and ask for direction and ask for help and pray for the person, like whoever I'm not liking, like I pray, I, <laughs> like, you know, this per- there's a prayer, like I pray for this person, this person is sick, help me to f- find okay. a way where I can help them. I have to be able to see people as sick because right. I was sick. Right. So.
0: Do you, um, I mean, when you started this journey... Who who was the first person that you came that came along and was really poured some life into you? That was a good mentor. That was a good um, discipler that led you to places. Ashley. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Was she just ahead of you on the journey? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, she's on, uh, a year. Okay. But it, um, I I needed a woman that I that had. Some like a like because they say it's some a, somebody that has something you want, hmm. and in the beginning I was like, okay, well I want like I like her car or like her <laughs> outfit, but then I was, it's not about that. Like right. it was about you know a, a a peace, a contentment, a joy that you want. So she took me through the steps in the beginning, and then but then we became best friends, and then we couldn't. She couldn't be my sponsor but when when you're best friends you can't yeah. have that because then
0: it just gets yeah but it was better to have her as a friend than a sponsor at that point you Yeah. another sponsor mm-hmm. and then and then
1: me sponsoring women is where that's like
0: how many people have you sponsored
1: oh i don't i'm not like but what not they don't all work, you know they don't all stay right so probably like 15 or yeah. 20 but yeah some of them are ones that got out of the jail oh cuz we didn't say that that i go into the jail but that's like the best when they get out of the jail and they call and they want they want to actually do it yeah. and and try to stay sober. That's
0: and get started. Yeah, yeah. That's a. How long have you been doing um, jail three, ministry? Three years. Yeah. Do you ever get tired?
1: No. <laughs> no, I don't. Like it's weird. It's it's so weird. It's like a drug. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's its own. It's, it's, its like it's
1: own uh, fulfilling. Yeah. Cause it's like it's so it's so surreal still to go be able to go in there and to leave and and to be able to go to a place where where I was at yeah and and some of them I know well a lot of them know me
0: yeah yeah you had known from old lifestyle
1: and that's why I I was like I'm staying in this I never liked I don't like Kissimmee I didn't like Kissimmee and I was like this is the reason why I. <laughs> I'm like this, yeah. you know, it's this town. Can't I can't down, I can't get I can't get away from it, but I stay here to let the people know that I used with or that knew me like if if Jessica Finn can do it, then I can do it. So the oh. I when they see me, some of them cry. Really? Yeah, cuz they they haven't seen me since since I like I used with some of them. So right. it's like, you know, they they're just it gets emotional cuz they're like, "Well, this gives me hope," you know. And that how could I get tired of that yeah. of of being able to give someone a little bit of hope that they can find a way out.
0: Yeah. man, it's a powerful story. And I think for, I think there's a lot of people, um, whether they're at your level or not, um, they, there's this great temptation in life, I think to, to think, oh, oh, that's that was great for Jessica, or that that's that's what she needs to do, or that's what has to happen for her. But I, I don't know if I believe that. I think what I what I believe that happens is when you get to a place of great um, desperation, as we call it in the in the um, in your community, we would say hitting rock bottom. You know? mm-hmm. But but when you get to that place of great desperation, there is truly nowhere else to go but God and go but up, and so. Mm-hmm. In, in that situation, you start try, you start doing things and trying things that were, that were probably hinted to, dropped in, encouraged a long, long time ago. It's just that I think a lot of people who have not had these really high highs and these really low lows, like that have, that are so evident in your life, they've lived this more vanilla life. They think, oh, I don't need this. Mm-hmm. But I think that these are the things that open up doors to like the spiritual life that. Christ is calling us to. Mm -hmm. I think that's like when he says I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. I think he's calling us to this kind of life but then when it comes down to putting one foot in front of the other we won't do it because it's like man that's, this is crazy. This Mm -hmm. is intense. I'm going to go have this conversation with this person that I've talked bad about or or hurt me and I've held on to all this bitterness. I won't do it. Mm -hmm. Something simple like that. We just won't do it. It seems so, that type of life seems so foreign to us. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I man. Yeah, we'd rather like like Jesus from a distance and continue in whatever mundane pattern that we have that we're like managing. It's almost like an addict, mm-hmm. right? We're like managing this crappy life that really isn't what we were meant to live.
1: Right. I want to live it, and I want to. <laughs> I want it to be like full color, like you know, good. Yeah. And, and I know that that's what I have to do in order to feel that because right. I like I'm a, I like things to feel and they don't always. Because sometimes when I get that, like, natural, like, high from, like, helping somebody, I'm like, ooh, I don't want to, like, I, wanna, I don't want to go to sleep like this. I feel good. I want to yeah. stay like this. And um, But it, it's not always like that. Like, sometimes I feel, you know, mm. but um, but I just got to keep doing the things that can I can get closer to God and closer to others and, and be able to know that everybody, that we're all God's kids. And when I'm mad at somebody, then I'm, you know. That's blocking me from 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 God, and and that makes it easier for me to to forgive and and move on and help others.
0: Because of your um story and your access to um, these experiences, you've lost a lot of people on the way. I mean, even since we've known each other, uh, I remember Remy and the whole deal with 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 you losing her. Like, I like feel like you've lost a lot of people on mm-hmm. the way. Does that shape the way you look at like? Uh, does that shake the intensity in which you approach relationships now, especially with people who are in broken places or are, are using?
1: Yeah, I mean, it just it just makes it so I, I know that sometimes I, <clears throat> I remember when I went to speak with you about that, I was just like, because she did what didn't do nearly as bad of the things as I did. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why her? You know, like I said, I should have. Yeah. But because I'm here, that's why I feel very, very much that I have to try to, to be of service to others and give them a way out and and get the the, the women that I help to help help others because yeah. I know that once they start helping others that's what's going to ensure them to not go back out like because yeah. if like because if, there's people that I know that get involved in church and and, and and God and that's awesome and amazing but I feel like that's also like that we need to be able to still help the people that are that are sick and suffering that aren't just in church you know what i mean cuz we're not i feel like it's something that i have to be able to help somebody else right. you know what i mean yeah um and i and i think i might forget if i didn't if i didn't go help other people that i might forget how bad it was for me
0: yeah we've been talking um for over a year now about the idea of putting together a sober house
1: Good thing we didn't do it now. After what's going on, so crazy. COVID nineteen.
0: Yeah, right now, but we've been talking for about a year about like figuring out how to start a sober sober house in Kissimmee, and and part of the reason is is because would, would, is that the right terminology? Sober house. Yeah. Okay. Um, and part of the reason is because we went up and looked at some of the things that were going on in Orlando, and they're so much better than mm-hmm. what's going on in Osceola County, and we we wanted to create some of the things we see there down here, because really what we're doing down here is if you, if you have any means at all and you're, you know, trying to move towards sobriety, you'll go up there. There's nothing nothing really, really great down here that you look at and go, wow, that, Like I want to send my daughter there or my Mm -hmm. kid there who's struggling. And so we've been trying to figure that out. And so I'm just going to say this too. um, If you're listening to us on Facebook or anywhere in the world and you have some help or some ideas, we would love to talk to you about that. Because we feel like we've got a concept and we're close and we see a model. But there's a lot of hoops to jump when it comes to... Uh, property in the right place and the right situation. And we've been just kind of waiting on God's timing and talking to the city and, and other people, but it just hasn't manifested yet, but we feel like it's still, it's still to come. And yeah. so if you're listening on Facebook, we would love for you to get in touch with us. If you are like, I w- I'm interested in starting a sober house too, yeah. you know?
1: Cause I've had a lot of women, you know, reach out wanting, wanting that around here. Cause it stinks to have to go back to the same the same environment yeah. and try to stay sober. So that would be amazing.
0: Yeah. Well Justin, thank you for sharing your story. Your thank testimony you. is amazing. Your love for Christ is evident and we see it with every person you come in contact with.
1: Mm, thank you. All right.
0: Love you, mean it. See ya.
1: All right. That was- mm, yeah. Thanks.